Hi, this is The Gathering Church in Windsor, Ontario, and I'm Pastor Garth Lino. Welcome to our podcast. The greatest story ever told is the story of God's one and only Son coming to earth to redeem and rescue His people. The story of Jesus' birth in Bethlehem really is a life-changing story of promise and hope. Christmas is the time we celebrate the coming of Messiah. We celebrate the end of the Old Testament sacrificial system, thank God. And we celebrate the the provision of a Savior, a forever Savior, whose name is Jesus. Luke 2.11, Today, in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Christmas is a time to rejoice because the King has come. A Savior has been born. Emmanuel is here. Yes, Christmas is a time for turkey and ham and all the special once-a-year recipes that come from Mama's kitchen, and we're glad about that. Christmas is a time for giving and receiving gifts, which obviously illustrate the greatest gift of all ever given, the Lord Jesus Christ. My family used to laugh at me every December when we decorated the Christmas tree. And usually that was done in good spirit, but sometimes they were just egging me on. For years, I kept a simple uh, ceramic Christmas wreath decoration that I would hang on the tree. And it was a, a Christmas wreath with a picture glued in the middle. It wasn't particularly well designed. It wasn't particularly well made. But it was handmade crafted and then fired by one of the pastors in our former church years ago in Niagara Falls. So she created this this gift with love. And in the middle of that little ceramic wreath that we're supposed to hang on the tree, which I dutifully hung on the tree for many, many years, there was a picture of me and the rest of our, our church staff. And so it really was a gift of love, but it was also a gift that that magnified the relationship that we enjoyed together as a staff. It was a gift about relationship. And Christmas is exactly that. Christmas is a gift of a relationship to us. God gave His one and only Son so that we could know Him and understand Him and be in relationship with Him. God the Father gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life, everlasting life, and be in a relationship with Him. Isn't that the central focus of Christmas? I mean, we're fond of saying Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. God did not respond to our greatest need by giving us more stuff. He didn't send us material gifts or gift cards to the keg or H&M. He sent His Son, Jesus. He gave us His Son. And, And so taking our cue from the Heavenly Father, perhaps this Christmas we ought to be spending a little less on stuff And giving more time and giving more energy to the relationships that God has put into our lives. Hold that thought for a minute. And let me take you over to the Gospel of John. If you have your Bible or your Bible app, please open up to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. In whatever language 
you might be reading your Bible this morning. John chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life that was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then down to verse 9. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Verse 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we've seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So the word incarnation is not a word that you will find in your Bible, but it's a very important, critical, essential concept to us and to our theology, our understanding of God. The incarnation is the moment when the eternal Son of God took on the form of a servant and became a human being and entered our story as a human being born of a virgin named Mary. And He did so so that He could have a relationship with us. The Son of God became the Son of Man so that the sons of men could become the sons of God. That's what's happening in John's Gospel in the opening chapter. He's talking about the incarnation of the eternal Son of God. The living Word of God became flesh so that He could fulfill the Scripture and go to the cross and die for our sins and come out of the grave alive on the third day. It's all about... that. Opening verses are all about the incarnation. It's about God the Father giving more than we could ever ask for or imagine. He gave His own Son that we might have life. The Word, the living Word, whose name is Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. So, so when the Father gave us His Son, He gave us the gift of His extraordinary presence. When Jesus was born, God drew near to us. He came near to us in a very specific and very historical way. If you go to Matthew's account of the gospel, uh, of the birth of Jesus, he takes us back to the, the prophetic words of Isaiah 7.14, where it says in Scripture, uh, Isaiah is predicting the coming of Jesus, and Matthew takes up the same words and, and, and indicates that this is now a fulfillment because the, the Son of God has come. And verse 23 says of Matthew chapter 1, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And you know from all the Christmas songs that we sing, Emmanuel means God with us. God with us. There's, there's something incredibly tangible about God's gift. God's gift of His Son was given to us. 
So do me a favor, turn to your neighbor and say, God is with us. Isaiah was predicting that this child Jesus would be God with us. Someone that we could know. Someone we could see and hear and touch and really know him. You see, and that's different than any other major religion in the world. It's, it, all those other religions talk about a God that is completely ethereal, uh, of another world, and we could never know him or understand him. He is beyond that, but, but not Jesus. Jesus came to be with us. In fact, many years later, the same author, John, would introduce Jesus to some of his readers in the first epistle, where he says in 1 John 1, 1, we proclaim to you the one whom we have heard and seen. See, so there's historical evidence there. This is not just some idea. This is, a, this is the band that we heard and we saw and our hands have touched him. Uh, we saw him with our own eyes and we touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. Though this is nothing less than the astonishing, remarkable, extraordinary presence of God himself, Emmanuel. Praise God? Yes. This also teaches us that we need to be with each other. God came to be with us and to set the example. We need to be with each other. To to touch another hand, to, to see another face. To hear a, an understanding voice. Something that we all desperately need, isn't it? And even more so at this time of the year. Emmanuel, God with us. Extraordinary presence with his people. Nobody likes to be alone. But Christmas is a very lonely time of year for many of us, especially, especially if you have lost a loved one. Christmas seems to exacerbate the loneliness in our lives. Christmas can be so lonely for people. God sent his son to be with us. Be be encouraged just in that. God the Father knows your need. He knows about, he understands your loneliness and he sent his son to be with you. To encourage you. God sent his son to be with us. So maybe, maybe we ought to be spending a little more time and giving a little more energy to people in our lives this Christmas. When our daughter Jamie was in the hospital years ago in Hamilton, uh, undergoing major surgery, one of the elders from our church in Niagara Falls drove to Hamilton to visit with us. Uh, Jamie was in, was in ICU again back then. She's got a long history. She knows ICU nurses and doctors all across the country, it seems. But she was in ICU and, 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 and critical. Uh, it, was, it was, again, touch and go. And so when Keith came to visit us, he couldn't come in to the ICU, and we couldn't leave Jamie's bedside. So he just sat in the waiting room. All day long, he just sat there. We knew he was there. The doctors, the nurses came to tell us, you have a friend whose name is Keith, and he's in the waiting room. 
We couldn't leave. We didn't want to leave our daughter. But he was there. And he stayed all day long. All by himself. In prayer. Just there. He gave us the gift of time. And the gift of his presence. And we will never forget it, will we, dear? Never. It was such a gift to us. Is there someone in your circle of influence or in your friendship circle or your family that needs the gift of presence this Christmas? Maybe you could just show up in their lives and sit for a while or touch a hand. Let them hear your voice. Let them see your face. God gave us his gift, an extraordinary presence. Furthermore, when the Father gave us his Son, he gave us a gift that is exceptionally personal. Remember remember Luke's announcement, uh, Luke's account of the Christmas story and the angelic announcement that took place. Uh, Luke 2.11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. So, What I want to point out to you again is that the Savior has been born for you. Unto you is born this day a very particular, precise, and personal gift. Over and over again, the Gospels demonstrate the relational nature of Jesus. He just liked being with people. He liked hanging out with people. So much so that they charged him with eating with publicans and sinners, you know? Spending time with sinners and prostitutes and people who drink alcohol. <gasps> Heaven forbid. But Jesus did that. He, 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 got, he got in people's faces and he got in people's spaces. It was, he's an exceptionally personal Savior. And he gets involved in the lives of people. Over and over again, the Gospels demonstrate the relational nature of Jesus. He just liked being with people. He was an exceptionally personal Savior. I remember one Christmas when my sister Linda sent me uh, a gift. And she does that every year. But this particular year, I opened up the gift and it was a shiny patent leather passport holder from Liz Claiborne. Thinking, what are you doing sending me a woman's gift from Liz Claiborne? It was clearly a woman's patent leather shiny passport holder. Well, we laughed ourselves silly. We thought, what a, what, a, what a gift this is. And then we nearly died when my son Nathan opened up his present from my sister. It was the same thing. <laughs> Just a little less than a personal gift that year. You know, usually she's bang on, but this year, I don't know. There must have been a sale on shiny passport holders or something. But see, God's gift to us in Jesus Christ is exceptionally specific and personal. He sent just what we needed. He sent us a Savior. He gave us exactly what we needed. And it wasn't too late. It wasn't too far in advance. Pay the check at 11, get the offer at 6. Never late. Jesus came for us. Jesus lived his life for us. Jesus fully obeyed the Father for us. Jesus died for us. Jesus took our sins upon himself. Jesus came out of the grave alive. And Jesus is coming back for us. It's for us. Extremely, radically personal Savior He is.
Thank you, Jesus. So let's keep this simple message at the heart of our simple Christmas this year. When the Father gave us His Son, He gave us a gift that is exceptionally personal. And what's more, when the Father gave us His Son, He gave us a gift that is exceedingly precious. Sending Jesus to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world was a very costly investment for the Father. Just think about it. In 1 Peter 2.6, the Bible refers to Jesus as the cornerstone and says that He's chosen and precious and whoever believes in Him will not be put to shame. So I, I did a little reading on cornerstones uh, this week as I just I was captured by this idea again of referring to Jesus as the cornerstone or the chief cornerstone uh, and the cornerstone is usually the very first stone that's set in a major construction of a, of, of a masonry foundation all the other stones are set in reference to that cornerstone very important where that cornerstone is set because all the other stones in the foundation and therefore all the other stones in the building take their reference point from that cornerstone. And the Bible refers to Jesus as the cornerstone, the one who sets the reference for all the other stones in the building of God. You understand what it says? He's the chief cornerstone. And then verse 7, Peter goes on to say, Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. Is he precious to you? Is the cornerstone precious? Better believe it. Jesus is precious to God and precious to us because he determines the position of every other stone in the building that he's building for the kingdom of God. We get to be part of that. We take our reference point, we take our setting, we take our, our marching orders from that cornerstone. Jesus is precious not only because of who He is, but also because of what He does. An exceedingly precious gift. And so this Advent season, we're inviting our congregation to just kind of take a step back from all the busyness and the bizarreness of, of, Christ, of, of Christmas in, in 2019 and just approach Christmas with a little different attitude and a little different perspective and to celebrate a more simple Christmas worship fully spend less give more you thought I was talking about money didn't you talking about giving more of yourself away just like Jesus did give more of yourself away give more to your your people your peeps give more to your friends more to your family Give more, more time, more energy, more listening. Give more. God created us to worship Him and serve Him, but sin got in the way. Sin got in the way and ruined everything. And now the world is broken, broken lives, broken relationships, Broken systems, broken governments, broken governments, broken governments. It's broken. <laughs> Sin separates us from God. Sin breaks the relationship that we had with God early on. 
messes up the personal relationship that God wants to have with us. And Jesus came to rescue us and to restore us. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Everyone who repents of their sins and trusts in the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. That's a simple Christmas. Everyone who repents and believes is saved. And only from that place of salvation, only from that posture of being saved by grace, through faith in Christ alone, can we begin to give anything that matters for eternity. So from that place of salvation, we worship fully, we may spend less, but we give more. But only from that place of salvation does it really matter in the forever world. Why give more? Why give more? Because God loves you. Because God sent His only Son for you. Because God has changed your life and because He has filled your life with hope. That's why you give more. Not because you have to. Not because the preacher said so. Not because there's a policy. Not because there's a bylaw. But because God loves you. He gave more so that we could give more. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for this amazing, wonderful, life-changing gift of eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ, all by grace. Oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for coming and being such a personal Savior, a God who is intimately interested in who we are and what we're experiencing. And Lord, you know there are people listening to my voice in person today and even on the podcast who are lonely, desperately needing a personal Savior. And Father, I pray that, that uh, those who are responding right now in their hearts, and there's a transition happening there, a transition from the, from the natural to the supernatural. God, I pray that each and every one put their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. He is the only one who can save us. We give thanks to you, Jesus, for being our Emmanuel, for being God with us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.